Welcome to Ahead of the Curve, the Scoliosis Experience Podcast, where my aim is to empower individuals with scoliosis and movement professionals alike by providing free, up-to-date information on scoliosis management and treatment. My goal is to improve the quality of life for those with scoliosis and equip movement professionals with the knowledge and skills needed to effectively support them. Hi, welcome back to Ahead of the Curve. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Teed, and today we are talking about busting scoliosis myths. Specifically, can children grow out of their curve? And this is a topic that makes me want to laugh and makes me want to cry at the same time, having experienced a lot of the different myths that have been told to me about my curve and also seeing and hearing uh, stories from clients, from followers on Instagram of things that their doctors have told them about their curves um, makes you want to laugh at times. And then at other times it makes you want to cry because people make like decisions based off of what they're told by their trusted medical team. Um, So Um, me growing up, I was diagnosed when I was eight with my scoliosis and, um, I was told that my curve wasn't bad enough to do anything about it. So we would just kind of wait and see if my curve would get worse and it never got worse enough, bad enough in order to do any treatment for it when I was an adolescent and, If they would have done treatment with me, my options would have been bracing or surgery. And, you know, I didn't get to that point, thankfully, at that time, but I do feel that my curve has progressed since then. So being told that, yeah, you're good to go, you know, after you're 18 or after you hit puberty, um, you're curve isn't going to progress more than that. You have a false sense of security and that's not actually true. And it's something that is still being told to parents today that, you know, their curve, their child's curve is going to be fine after they're done growing and it's dated information. It's not up-to-date information. So if you're listening to this, um, you're likely a parent or you are someone who is in the same situation as me Um, you have scoliosis yourself and you're curious about like whether or not this is actually a true thing that happens with scoliosis. So um, it's really important if your child was recently diagnosed with scoliosis that you get the most up-to-date information. And I know that that can be really challenging to navigate that there is a ton of crazy information out there. There are people out there that are taking advantage of your situation. So it can be very hard to navigate and determine, you know, what is true, what you should follow and what you should stay away from. A good rule of thumb is to look up a couple of resources. So the National Scoliosis Society, they have a bunch of up-to-date information on there, and they can provide a lot of guidance for you to kind of of rule in or rule out 
uh, whether or not what you're learning, what your advice was, whether or not that that is accurate information or something that you should question a little bit more. And uh, the other thing that you should be doing at that point is looking for a scoliosis specialist in your area. I recommend looking up um, whether or not there are any Schroth therapists in your area. So look up Schroth physical therapy or the Schroth method. Um, that is spelled S-C-H-R-O-T-H. And that is the gold standard in the physical therapy realm for treatment of scoliosis. And um, those will be my two initial recommendations right after diagnosis. And then from there, you um, can kind of gauge the guidance that you're getting from your doctor. So if your doctor is a spinal surgeon, a scoliosis specialist, that is a little bit of a different situation than if you're talking to a general practitioner. General practitioners, those are the people that unfortunately they are still receiving outdated information on guidelines for scoliosis treatment. Um, so they're still telling people generally that you can just wait and see if the curve gets worse, there's nothing that you can do about it, or they send them to traditional physical therapy. And unfortunately, traditional therapy, physical therapy, um, the majority of the time, they are not going to know the correct exercises to do uh, with someone who has scoliosis. They're going to be doing exercises that they were taught in physical therapy school for general lower back pain. Um, they, they might be doing some stabilization exercises, um, which are great for core strengthening. However, they um, won't understand how to do some corrective exercises. And you have a very small window of time where you can actually be reversing that curve at a greater level than um, not. So what is that window? Okay. So the, the window of time where you can actually um, be reversing the curve more likely um, is from the point of diagnosis until um, they, the individual hits puberty. So there's something called a Reiser sign and that is a radiographic measure used in the assessment of whether or not somebody's skeletal system is mature or if it still has some time for growth left. It's named after a French orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Paul Risser, and he developed the system in 1958. So um, you get this um, sign, um, they, they measure it through an x-ray and they use the pelvis ossification. So ossification means, um, bony formation. So it means your bones are ossifying, they're hardening, they're forming, 
and maturing. So during that time beforehand, the bones are a little bit more malleable, a um, bit more soft, which is why this is a, you know, period where you can make a lot of change for the positive um, in order to prevent that curve from progressing. So there's there's five grades on the scale. Um, grade zero is kind of the, the greatest potential for growth. And then grade five um, indicates that this person has reached full skeletal maturity and there's no more growth left. So when someone is at a zero, you know, they have the greatest chance of that curve progressing, but they also have the greatest chance of that curve um, reversing at that time. So you can kind of gauge based off of that. And if the child is a female, they also use um, menses as a sign of whether or not that curve has more chance to grow or if that, you know, skeletal form has fully matured or not. Okay. Um, so after you've gotten your x-ray, um, even actually before they get their x-ray, I want to mention a couple of things. So there was a study done um, and it was an older study, uh, 1989, and it was more of like kind of a correlation to see if people who went over under repeated x-rays had a higher chance of developing breast cancer. Specifically, this was looked at in the study versus people who um, had less x-rays. And they did find a positive correlation between repeated x-rays and a higher chance for forming, um, developing cancer later in life. So as a parent, you want to keep this kind of in the back of your mind. Uh, two things to make sure of um, or to try to have a little bit of control over. Uh, one recommendation is making sure that that x-ray is done from back to front. So instead of facing the x-ray machine and doing a front to back x-ray, um, where it's more of a direct impact of uh, the, the radiation, having the child face away, it will also give you a clearer um, image, a bit clearer smaller, like not like a huge uh, difference there um, between the front to back and back to front. Um, but, you know, it also, the, the biggest thing there is making sure that you're reducing the exposure of the radiation to the breasts um, and to the genitals. The other option is checking to see if there is an EOS x-ray machine available for use in your area. And this is a low-dose um, radiation x-ray option. And these are becoming a bit more prevalent in um, area, different areas. We have one, I think we have to travel a little bit to get to one. I think we have one in Savannah. But um, checking around to see if that it is available for you to use. 
so that you can get your x-rays done that way. And it's just a lower exposure, you know, to the x-ray machine. And then just having conversations with your doctor saying just that, that you would like to reduce the chance of, you know, reduce the exposure amount of exposure your child has to x-ray and to radiation. So just keeping that in mind as they're tracking, engaging progress um, and monitoring their curve over time as well. So if they can avoid having an x-ray, then, you know, try and go that route, go that avenue. So once the child, your child has been diagnosed, once your child has had their x-ray, um, then you can begin treatment. So looking for a scoliosis specialist, so a Schroth specialist would be my recommendation if you have access to that. Um, and then they can begin providing you even more education about your child's specific curve at that time. So I think that is probably your biggest help during this time is having somebody kind of in your corner who is a specialist who understands the nature of scoliosis and understands the, the situation that you're in. They'll, they'll be able to provide you with a lot of accurate, up-to-date information so that you can be your child's best advocate or you can be your own best advocate. If you're somebody listening to this and you were just diagnosed and you're beyond, you know, adolescence, there's still a tremendous amount of change that you can make. Yes, even if you're 70 or 80 years old, you can make improvements and changes in your body and in your curve. Okay. So um, to finally now like bust this myth <laughs> that your child can grow out of their curve, when you understand the nature of scoliosis, you can very easily see how this myth is just not true at all. So, um, you know, the, the nature of scoliosis, it starts with an event where they have a vertebrae that is wedged or a disc that is wedged one of the two kind of back and forth between chicken or the egg, which one is wedged first, something is wedged. So that means your, your vertebrae or disc is asymmetrical, uneven. One side is longer, one side is shorter. And then that creates asymmetrical loading on the rest of your spine. The asymmetrical loading of the rest of the spine creates asymmetrical growth of that vertebrae. So having one side shorter, that side is more compressed, that side is going to grow slower. Having one side that is longer and kind of being pulled and tractioned, that creates more bone growth and that side is going to grow faster, slower, faster, slower. We want to break that cycle. So you can see how waiting to see if the curve is going to progress is a terrible, terrible recommendation because it's going to progress and it, it's either going to progress at that time or it's going to progress later in life. 
So that is, you know, the, the big reason that this is a myth, that this just is not true. The whole nature of scoliosis just shows you that that is not the case, that your child is going to grow out of their curve, okay? Um, there may be a very, very small, small, teeny, teeny, tiny percentage of people that that is the case for that you were diagnosed with scoliosis and you grew out of it. It usually is uh, males that that is the case for. Um, I think I've only heard of one person um, in my experience that has had that experience. Um, so waiting to see, not a great recommendation, probably something else that you're thinking about in the back of your mind after your child is diagnosed with scoliosis is can my child continue playing sports? They're involved in baseball and golf and tennis and, you know, all these things, is it safe for my child to continue on in these sports? Um, yes, it is totally fine. It is really encouraged that children remain as active as possible. That is the best thing that you can do for your scoliosis is to be active, to be strong. Um, that helps with bone density, that helps with stabilizing the curve. Um, there are a few things to consider with sports, having said that. So um, if your child is in a really rotational, heavy sport, so that would be tennis, that would be golf, that would be um, ballet or dance. These are sports where the movements can be a bit strenuous on the curve. So meaning, you know, they're they're really rotational, torsional in nature, and you already have a lot of torsion on your spine with scoliosis. So teaming up with your specialist to come up with a plan to help kind of counter all, all of that rotation, all of those rotational energies that are being built up throughout the day or throughout their training session for their sport. And um, there's some, a lot of things that you can do to counter that. So one of those things are, you know, just doing some pull-up bar elongations at the end of the day before your child goes to bed. So going to sleep, going to bed with all of that rotational energy built up in their tissues is not a good situation. Um, for your child. So again, consulting with a specialist to come up with the best plan possible, that is going to be essential to having success in the overall treatment and stabilization of the curve, reversing the curve, and you know, setting them up for success in the future with their scoliosis. So um, you know, there, there's a lot more to consider as far as this goes, but I'm going to, you know, kind of, kind of wrap things up right now, um, just so that you can kind of sit and chew on what I've taught you and told you about today. I think the main takeaways are 
Number one, just understanding that not everything you are told by your doctor is truth. So having some critical thinking, having some resources at your own fingertips so that you can make the best educated possible decision for yourself, for your child, for your loved one is essential to your success in managing scoliosis. And then second of all is just understanding the nature of scoliosis totally busts the myth that a child is going to grow out of their scoliosis in the future. And learning and understanding what the steps are that you should take after your child is diagnosed with scoliosis are really important. So finding a specialist, educating yourself with resources such as the National Scoliosis Society website, or looking up other Schroth um, specialists in the area. So um, I am really excited that you are interested in learning about scoliosis, either for yourself, for your loved one. I appreciate that you are tuning in today and have been tuning in. It would be really helpful for me if you could hit the uh, star button, the, you know, give us a rating on iTunes, give us a little bit of a review about how this um, has been a helpful podcast for you so that other people can find us and you know, get access to information about scoliosis and their curve. Uh, until next time, stay well and stay ahead of the curve.